0: Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themens. Hello and welcome to this second episode of Saturday Strategy, the podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host and thank you so much for joining us. Today we have another great expert guest, Tristan King. Is going to talk to us about the importance of excellent brand design now if you think he's going to be banging on about logos then listen on you'll find out why graphic design done right will help you to make a great first impression how to achieve recognition just through consistency as well as some brilliant tips on how to self-check the quality of your existing branding The Saturday Strategy Podcast is a pilot project to develop the way we bring helpful information to you, and as such, it's a resource for you. So if you've got any thoughts or ideas, we'd love to hear from you so we can continue to craft and refine it so it's truly useful. We've got lots of information in today's episode, so remember, if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff, you can always find the notes on our website or, better still, Subscribe to the Saturday Strategy email news update. Now, for this week's expert guest. So today we are going to be tackling the subject of of graphic design. I think in graphic design and marketing, we're always challenged about how good is good enough? What should we be looking for? What's important? What isn't? And we're really fortunate today. We're going to be joined by Tristan King. Tristan's got an agency based locally to where we are here. So I've known Tristan for a few years and he's a real expert working across all areas, graphics, publishing, advertising, marketing, branding, illustration for a really wide variety of clients. So he knows what he's talking about, been doing it for over three decades. So as I say, very fortunate to have you here with us. Hello, Tristan. Hello. Hi. So Tristan, the subject, you know, graphic design, how good is good enough, how important what should we be thinking about when we're thinking about how to use graphic design to best represent our business? Tell us what we need to know.
1: Okay, well, basically, graphic design is a way of portraying your company, your business, in your absence. It can give the first impression, which is obviously very important, of your company. Before anybody speaks to anybody on the phone, before they meet somebody in person, the design of a brochure or advert or your branding presents a message. It's important, obviously, for that message to be quite strong, to give the right impression.
0: Okay. What's the process that you go through with a client to help them understand?
1: The main thing is, what is their purpose for that graphic design? In whatever form it takes so it might be a newspaper or magazine advert it might be a brochure a budget flyer that comes through your letterbox yeah. or a, an emailed campaign you have to look at what the purpose is i mean usually it's to increase footfall or sales basically you know to get people to that person's door yeah to, incre- um, to, 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 um, to
0: generate inquiries basically whether that's people coming into your store yeah. or whether that's people coming to your website that's or whether, yep, yes. yep. is there something i can look at in the way that I? portray my business through graphic design that i can use to improve that how do I even start thinking about that
1: i would say think about what kind of customer that you want and then you tailor that graphic design uh, towards that customer so you might look at certain things like their age group their sex their disposable income that kind of thing and then you sort of build up a picture of who the ideal or most typical customer would be and then you can sort of Point the design and the marketing materials towards that particular average person yep. that you're looking for.
0: And I suppose the same would go if we're talking about a business to business setting as well. You'd be talking about your profiling your ideal cust- your ideal business customer as well, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Whether it's B two B or or, or B two C, yeah, um, the same principles apply really. Know what
0: kind of customer you're after. So profiling your ideal customer, what might I say there? So let's say I'm a bed and breakfast or a holiday home or something, and, and I'm really looking for yeah. families to come. And I think that probably my best group is the staycation type people. So these are people who are looking to bring a family or maybe two families together into my holiday let that I've got, and I want to contact them. Yeah, I'm maybe focusing on the fact that I do allow pets, so I'm, I'm using those as some sort of things there. Is this or Is this already giving you information to get your ideas for graphic yeah, design de- together? De-
1: definitely. I mean, for instance, you mentioned the pets and the families. You know, instantly, a photograph. You know, is, is supposed to sort of say a thousand words. Yeah. If you used photography in your literature, that included young kids having yeah. a good time, the golden Labrador jumping around, you're portraying that. That's who you're aiming at. Yeah. And you're almost selling a lifestyle that picture represents rather than the actual product yeah i'm a massive fan of continuity Mm -hmm. uh, because it really does strengthen the message if you've got mixed fonts mixed colors if you can have consistent marketing corporate colors like a primary palette and a secondary palette
0: so primary and secondary palettes just explain to me what those are
1: Oh, okay, so yeah. For instance, Cadbury's will have their Cadbury purple. That's their primary colour. Yeah. But then they might have secondary colours that they use, such as like um, a gold, mm-hmm. or they might have a light blue, depending mm-hmm. on the product kind of thing. So, And also, the same with fonts. You'd have a primary font that you would try and stick to for all your normal text. It might be a different one for headlines. And then you'd have sort of secondary fonts for sort of small small print or for the website. So always try and use the same family of fonts and colours as well to get that uh, continuity yeah. to strengthen the message.
0: It does help, actually. We've got a branding document which we had put together nearly 10 years ago now for Good to Great. We have five primary colours and five secondary colours. And if you look through our website, and okay. we've, we've, we've stayed faithful to this, and we, you know, if you went through our website you would not find any deviation from those five colors and those five secondary colors so every every printed color we got every business card we have every brochure we've ever done every advert that goes in the paper we only use those five colors or those uh, five secondary colors that's really good and i think when we get staff join us and stuff some people feel that's a bit restrictive at first and then i say well, no 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 it means that we can actually do anything Because we can maintain our brand continuity, because the fact that it's in our colours, we've got that tie into our brand back from there. So let's have our logo somewhere and our colours, and then we can do do what the hell we like then.
1: Yeah, and then when you've got some longevity of using those colours and fonts, people, the public, the potential customers, they start to recognise... Little things subconsciously, even mm. before they read the content or see your logo, if they recognize your colors or a certain amount of white space that you use, yep. and that will sink into their subconscious then, and then, yeah. then they will start associating that literature or those yeah. advertising with your company, even yeah. before they start looking at the content.
0: Okay, can I take a risk? Mm. What color is good to great? Quite a vivid green. Yeah. That's that's the that's the primary color. Am I right? Yeah, that's the primary color. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Phew. yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's 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 worked. You know, and we just use that. So I think that you know people would say yeah, good to great is green. That's that's um, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Thanks, Tristan. So let's carry on down that theme of consistency. Then you you mentioned other things there. So we have got yes. the imagery and some you know the consistent. What well, you're saying, the consistent style, yeah. I suppose, of imagery, aren't you? Which is. Um,
1: what? Yeah, it's the whole brand, really. So, People get confused between what, what's a logo and what's a brand, yep. and a logo is just part of the brand. The logo is your company's symbol or name style or icon on its own, but the brand is the whole group of things that, that your company does. The colours you use, it's the amount of white space, it's even down to the type of language that you use mm-hmm. in your literature. A company might have... Short, sharp, punchy sentences—you know, quite brief to the point, or almost abrupt. Uh, another company might use loads of white space and have very minimal words in there. So the brand is the whole encompassing categories. Okay.
0: And Tristan, consistency of fonts and language—how does that? How does that
1: work with the fonts? As with the colours, you have a primary font that you try and use, and then you might have secondary fonts. But it's important to, to try and match the fonts to your industry if you had a surf shop selling surfboards and things you probably wouldn't use Times New Roman so so there's a sort of an appropriate delegation of that font I mean these are the basics but make sure it's a legible font if you have what's known as a display font then that should only be used for headlines and things you know if it's quite complicated or swirly if you start to reduce that to small point sizes and try and use that in several paragraphs of text it's going to be very hard to read and I've, I've seen shops like restaurants for instance and cafes do that. They've used a very hard to read font in a very small point size.
0: The menu, uh, the menu with the swirly writing, yes.
1: The specific one I'm thinking of is actually a flyer to try and attract people to this place. <laughs> and people haven't got patience and they're a bit lazy to be, to be blunt, you know, mm. me included. And if it's too hard work to try and absorb the information from, people will just give in. Yeah, That's a potential lost customer. I know some people have have trouble with contrast as well if it's sort of like yellow text on, on a green background. I saw a, I saw a lorry once, like a curtain slider, yeah. and it had red logo and red lettering on a blue background. Hmm. And even though I was one vehicle behind it, I was amazed because of the struggle to read what it actually said. Whose idea it was, God knows, but uh, it just did not work at all. And that's down to contrast, so it's not just colours, it's the contrast. What I imagine to choose the right contrast is almost flicking a switch in your head to go to black and white mode. If you can imagine what you're seeing as black and white, what shade of grey would one colour be compared to another colour?
0: So could we do that ourselves and actually just maybe take a photograph of of a leaflet we've done yeah. or had done and and, and yeah. just put put a black and white filter on it and see what it looks like?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because uh, obviously mobile phones, you know, they've got all these filters. That that's probably a good test. And hmm. um, take a photo of your work, obviously before it's printed and before you potentially waste money, and then turn it to black and white and then see how that works. Yeah, definitely.
0: You touched on language and stuff. I suppose that's as much as the sort of imagery is about getting a photographer. I suppose. The language stuff is getting the advice of a copywriter at some stage and helping, helping yeah. with that.
1: Especially depending on the type of graphic design. If you're designing a billboard, then generally you're always in your car. You've got one and a half, two seconds to take that message in. Mm. So you wouldn't have reams of copy because people aren't going to take it in. They're not going to read it. Whereas if you've got people standing around at a bush shelter and you've got the bush shelter posters then you can afford to have a bit more text. You need to think of, the, of how quickly you need to get your message across, and that's directly linked to the geography of, of where your advert is, really. If there's too much there, you don't take it in, and it, it turns you off going. With banners and things like that, and posters, you need a quick, short, short message, and that leads me on to hierarchy, actually. Mm-hmm. Every piece of design should have a hierarchy. So you've got whatever you want the reader to read and absorb first and then what's second and then what's third. And if you're clever, you can make the first hierarchy headline force you to read what's second. Often people uh, have a headline with a question mark and then it kind of makes you want to read on for that answer. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of drawing them in or you can be uh, purposefully ambiguous. You know, and have a headline that doesn't make sense initially. So, therefore, you read further for it to make sense. Because obviously, the the longer somebody is spending looking over your design, your leaflet, the more likely it is to sink into their subconscious and the more likely they are to recognize you next time and also visit and, and buy stuff.
0: Okay, Tristan, I, mean, I think we've talked a lot about the, the use of graphic design in print and, and vehicle livery, uniforms, yep. brochures, catalogues, all of those other things. Taking this then online and maintaining the consistency there, that I don't think that's your speciality, but how, how do we maintain that link between the offline and the online type stuff?
1: Basically, once, once the branding has, has been sorted and, and you may or may not have a branding guideline, you can then give that information to... A website developer uh, and programmer, and obviously they can sort of follow your guidelines uh, to keep that con- continuity. Now the colours will change slightly, but you can't you can't help that because any full colour that's printed is made up of four colours: cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Those four ingredients have different percentages to make all the colours, or most of them. Now with on-screen web stuff you've only got three ingredients, red, green, and blue. So there's, it's impossible to match the colors perfectly because they're also backlit as well, obviously, with the screen. Um, but, you know, you, you, you do try and get as close as you can for that for that continuity. Hmm. Hmm. And it's I... better to go that way around as well, to have your logo and branding done first and then give that to the web people rather than the other way around. Uh, because sometimes... Certain web people might only think of their web world and only do things in screen resolution. Whereas with print, you need the resolution of things four times as high. If you can imagine a poor photocopy and you blow it off four times as large, you're blowing up all the sort of bad points yeah. um, of, of, that, of that artwork. Yeah, it's much, um, more, much, so more, much more
0: unforgiving, I think, is what you're saying, is that the...
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so if you start high-res... And then shrink it down for the web. That's the best way of doing it. Oh, yeah. okay. Rather than
0: the other way around. Okay, okay. Good advice. Gotta say thank you very much for 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 coming on today. I think there's some really amazing information you shared there. No, thank you. How do we stand back and take a, an objective view of our business and uh, right now and and decide whether um, it's time to sharpen up our branding act and and move things on to the next level? How do, how do we how do we do that? I mean, apart from obviously speaking to a you know, a, a graphic design professional like yourself. That's the next step, isn't it? But how do, how do I decide that now is the time to speak to somebody like you?
1: Um, basically, if you look at your literature, your brochures, your logo, etc., if it's looking a bit tired and dated, um, you know, or if it's a bit old-fashioned now or it doesn't fit, certain modern applications. I mean, in the old days, sometimes your logo had to appear on the side of a brown cardboard box through the arch. But these days, it has to fit in a small square on your mobile phone in the corner. (laughs) So not all logos are capable of doing that. So to keep up with modern technology, and it's also important to remember that you need to get customers through your door. So... It might not be right to ask your niece or your son to design it for you because they've done a bit at college. Uh, you know, it, it, it might. You know, you might need the professional in to sort of lift your brand and your literature to the next level yeah. uh, and look professional. Cause, yeah, because yeah. that's what it's all about at the end of the day, breeding customer confidence.
0: Tristan, thanks very much yeah. for for coming on. Tristan, how do? Uh, and I would very highly recommend you, by the way. So, how would? Um, and people you. who are listening uh, get in contact with you if if you wanted to if they wanted to um get to, get that professional viewpoint on their on their current branding.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh well my, my email is hello at voodoo design That's dot agency. Voodoo uh, and if they voodoo wanted design. At, yeah, yep. voodoo design dot dot agency. Yes. And if they wanted to look at my website, that again is www.voodoodesign.agency. design dot agency. Um, now, there are some big names on there, but I wouldn't want Matt to put off uh, the one-man band, you know, the Soul traders, um, because I, I do work for Soul traders all the way up through to international companies. So uh, don't be put off by, by the name-dropping that I have on my website.
0: <laughs> we all do a bit of that. Nothing, nothing wrong with name-dropping.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Brilliant. Well, so- well, Prince Charles told me I should <laughs>
0: So Tristan thank you very much for uh, for coming on um it'd be great if you could come back again and uh, and help us out with this uh, with this stuff again it'd be really really good to have you on and uh, thank you very much for your time today that's it for this edition of the Saturday strategy podcast Thank you so much for sticking with us to the end Our aim for this is to be useful for you so if you've any feedback please let us know. And we'll take it on board as we continue to develop the project. If you want to contact me directly, you can find me pretty easily on LinkedIn by searching for Johnny Themans. Or if you're into Twitter, you can find Saturday Strategy. Or if all that fails, you can reach out on WhatsApp using 07 437 360. And that is my personal mobile number. Thank you again until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and want to hear more then please subscribe to the Saturday Strategy email newsletter.